is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. I'm Don LaGreca. He's Anthony Pusick. How are you, buddy? You're fighting through the snow, the rangers, everything's kind of coming down on your head. You're all right. Well, snow isn't too bad over here, Don. I know you might have had to shovel today, but over down in Manhattan with the steam uh, pipes under the under the sidewalk, we're good. Um, as far as the steam on the rangers, that seems to have dissipated a little bit. I mean, it's as good a place to start as any, um, just because you're, you're starting to really have to now figure out exactly what this team is all right they get off to an 18-4-1 start look like the best team in the nhl everything's clicking zabanajad Kreider, panarin is at a heart level shesterkin stopping everything you know and that's a 23 game spam all right that's that's a nice sample size but they've played 44 games so now you fast forward through the next 21 games and they're 10 10 and 1 and their last two wins were against the Capitals, who are you know, a nice team, not a great team, but you know that was a home and home on back to back nights where you figure the betting money is going to be that they're going to split. And it wasn't an overly impressive win on Sunday, two to one, but hey, you take it. And I think they caught Seattle at the right time. Seattle had just lost their nine game winning streak, getting shut out the day before against Pittsburgh. Rangers take care of them five two. Seattle ended up losing last night, so they've lost three in a row, and they're not even a playoff team. And then you take on the Vegas Golden Knights, who are depleted by injury. You no, know, you know, no Eichel, no Carrier, no Carlson, uh, and. They looked like they looked like so much a better team up and down. They took a shot from the Rangers early um, for maybe the first five minutes, and then they had structure. They counterpunched. They got great goaltending when they needed it, although I don't think um, he was overly tested last night, Thompson. And Vegas wins 5-1, to one, and now, like I said, Rangers 10-10-1 in their last 21. So will the real Rangers please stand up? Yeah, I mean, Steve Alquette was very... Um... Negative. I wouldn't even say negative. He was just he he was he was upset with them essentially, just the way they played. I mean, Vegas is a weak team right now. They are one of the best teams in hockey, much like the Rangers from a point standpoint. But they have a lot of injuries. They haven't been playing well. And you thought to yourself, all right, you said it on the K show a couple days ago. You're really going to want to win three of these games, get six out of eight points here. And now the Rangers have to win the last three games of this road trip in order to do that. Yeah. Um. I thought they played great for ten minutes, but Thompson stopped everything. There were some acrobatic saves he made. That's fantastic. But I think the first goal, kind of on Igor. Um, yes, it was a behind-the-net pass, but kind of cheated to the right side, and then it was put in on the left. And then the second goal, a, a fluky as it may be, now you're down 2 nothing and you're chasing stuff. Now, in the four, in the third, the Rangers scored on the power play to make it 4-1. to one. I think mm-hmm. if that happened when the Rangers had the power play at 2 nothing, we're talking about a different game. And Peter Laviolette was relatively complimentary of the team in terms of how they fought. Um, But you know what, Don? I looked at, again, uh, CSA Hockey, Steve's uh, analytics site, and it said the expected goals for the Rangers last night was three and a half. Now, are the Rangers running into hot goalies every single night? Or are they putting up 40 shots and 38 of them are right into the goalie's chest or just not where they need to be? We've seen open nets missed. We've seen shots wide. We've seen yawning nets that are missed. And chances where you say, well, how did the Rangers not score there? And maybe they're all just kind of gripping their sticks a little tight here. Almost every mistake goes in the back of their net, which is an indictment on both the defense and Igor and Quick. Um, things are not what they need to be right now. Uh, Valakett said team meeting. 
I don't know if that's necessary. I think they all recognize the problems. I just don't know if they have solutions at the present moment. And again, now I start to see on Rangers Twitter, everybody saying this core can't win, this core can't win. Well, that's what they were saying last year. And this team relatively didn't change much. Maybe Will Cooley has provided a spark to the bottom six and Johnny Brodzinski's fast, but you're going to be relying on Panarin, Kreider, Zibanejad. How many nets is Kreider going to miss, by the way? He's great at tipping pucks, but a lot of their breakaway numbers are the worst in in the National Hockey League. There's a lot of issues with this team right now. No, there are. And and again, they score on the power play, but also the penalty kill kind of quietly has been giving up some goals here. Uh, Seattle was two for two. Nobody cared because they won that game five to two. But Vegas won one for three last night, and, and that Barbashev goal, his second one, he just parked out in front. Nobody nobody even paid him any mind. And it would have taken a point-blank save by Shesterkin to make it, and he just couldn't. They, and and they, they've kind of lost track of him. I, I don't think they're defending particularly well at times, especially that third pairing, which Schneider and Gustafson, uh, the turnovers. They're a good team. I mean, there's no question that they deserve to be among – you know, the leaders in the Metropolitan Division, and all these teams are streaky, right? That was that was Dave's point. You know, look at Philadelphia, now hot. They've won five in a row. They're only two points back of the Rangers, but, you know, they just went through a malaise like last month, and we, we talked chapter and verse about Edmonton's slow start and how they got hot, and so there's ebbs and flows to it, but we're talking about two distinctly different halves of this season. Like I said, 18-4-1 compared to 10-10-1. And so now you start to look at it and say, well, what's the real Rangers? And if the answer's somewhere in the middle, then they're not a division winner. They're a playoff team, but they're not a cup contender. So they're going to have to do something. They're going to have to make some sort of a move. If I'm going to rely on, you know, Capo Caco or Blake Wheeler or Nick Benino or, uh, or, or, or Barkley Goudreau or Will Cooley to all of a sudden get hot to find somebody else to score – Maybe Kako because of just where he was drafted and the potential. But I don't see where other goals are going to come from. And they become easier to defend, and then it just becomes, a, let's hope for a bunch of power plays to score our goals. They are a very average to below average five-on-five team, and that's where the Always majority of the game is played. And that's that's not good. No, it's not. And again, I keep talking about that first line, and Kako ended up getting taken off of it, double-shifting Panarin, or they ended up double-shifting Panarin for a good part of that second period, you're talking about a team that is really relying on one line that doesn't play a whole lot of defense to score your goals five on five when there's a guy named Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider who should be helping. Um, This is almost a top three team as opposed to a top six team in terms of scoring on five on five. That has to change. I got to tell you, just to be a little critical, and you know I'm a Peter fan for sure, but I I didn't love taking Kako out. I mean, let him play. Uh, you know, I agree. This whole, uh, because you're going to have to try to build confidence, and I don't think that there was any way the Rangers were winning that game last night. Vegas just looked like the better team, all right? And sometimes you got to lose the battle to win the war. I want Kako. I want some chemistry. I want him to start building some confidence. If every time you're searching for goals and you fall behind multiple goals, which is something that they've been routinely doing over the last month of the season, then you're just kind of buying into, well, I don't have anybody else, so I'm going to double shift Panarin. And, 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 and then you're just kind of telling everybody, we don't have more than like maybe four guys that can score goals. Well, if you want Kako to emerge and you want to complete at least the top six, you're going to need Kako. Uh, so everybody's talking about trying to get scoring out of the bottom six, but if you don't have a right winger on your top line, and you know how streaky Kreider can be, then you're really only talking about one productive line, and, and by, that is not enough. And by the way, we all know from exit meetings with Kako last year, and even coming back in this game, saying coming back from this injury, saying I didn't feel like I was playing a lot. 
before I got hurt because he did get de- demoted off of yeah. that top line and was on the third but, line when he got injured. He he wants to play, and you don't really want to upset him. I'm not saying that he and he hasn't been playing bad, but two nothing to Vegas, a, a Vegas team that remember as you talked about Don had. What seven or eight key injuries? Yeah, uh, they should be able to run the lines out that they normally run, unless it's been a it was a defensive nightmare, which that line really usually is not. That you should be able to run your lines well, out there and try and get it without just having to put Trocheck and Panarin on a line together. I think you said something interesting. I only Kako was playing poorly. Now, I mean, now, obviously, Panarin's a better offensive player, but they just you can't rely on doing that all the time. And, and I just when I was watching that game, I got this eerie feeling that I got in game 7 in 2015 against Tampa that we've gotten they got against the Devils in I game 7 at, last year I was at that game done but it's like there's no hope to score like you just feel like there's no opportunities they're putting no pressure they're, they're the, the the first pass is getting deflected or intercepted you know they they're having trouble getting in the zone they're only in the zone for maybe one opportunity and it's right back out well, again that, the fox empty net pass was lazy I mean that no, was, no, he well, just pushed the puck towards Zeb, and that that's not right. going to determine the game. But it's a, it's a microcosm of what's been going on with this team. No, but and it's something that just has to be, you know be fixed. And they're a little bit you know, when you talk about system, it's different when you keep giving up the first goal, you keep falling behind, and um, a little disconcerting. Now to get back to the rest of the trip, you know three winnable games. The, the Kings are good, but now they've fallen out of the top three in the Pacific because of Edmonton winning their twelfth in a row. Another come from behind victory from them. We'll get to them in a second. But Vegas is what are they uh, seven, eight, and five at home or LA, something like L A. Seven, eight, L A. Yep. I mean, so you know they are not a good team at home. They lost to Nashville last night two to one, and then you've got the Ducks who were and also ran, and the Sharks who were and also ran. So. You know, you do have the ability to still get those three wins we talked about, kind of get hot here again. Um, but there's going to be a lot of pomp and circumstance tomorrow, Anthony. Jonathan Quick um, is returning to Los Angeles. Yeah, this so is sure. like the quick. This is like the quick tour. Yeah, because he, he got the he got the video tribute last night too. Right. No, exactly. And he won some big games for them during the regular season, although he didn't get a chance to play in the postseason. But he got his third ring. But he won those two cups in L.A., so you know he's going to play tomorrow. But he hasn't won, what, in his last four starts. So, you know, you're almost obligated to start quick in that game. And, you know, obviously you'll have the Ducks in the second of back-to-backs and then, and then San Jose, who, by the way, the Rangers beat at the Garden earlier in the season, but it was a 6-5 game. That was one of those concerning games where you said, how the heck are they doing this? Or why are they doing it this way? But I also want to see what it looks like, because they might win all three of these games, and you'd say, oh, well, they wrote the ship. But, you know, if it ends up being 2-1 or, you know, falling behind 3 nothing and coming back and winning in the shootout, like, it might not look great. But right now, try to get some points, because Philly is getting hot. Tippett had two goals. This Philly team looks like they've really kind of found, found it a little bit. You know how good Carolina could be? So these teams are... Are there? Philadelphia's Rangers do have a game in hand on Philadelphia, but uh, it's starting to get very interesting between Carolina and Philadelphia, putting a lot of pressure on the Rangers. Carolina will play tonight, but you know Philly, nice quietly, has won five in a row. Yeah, nice win against a good Stars team last night. And, and mm-hmm. the problem is, Don, the way that the Rangers are playing, I'm not talking about wins and losses. Can anybody take a look at last 10 and say, oh, well, they're playing terrible. Look at their record. It's how they're playing and how they're losing. If they were playing like they did against Boston earlier in the season, they won that game 2-1. to one. I, We talked about it on the podcast then. It was like, I wouldn't have been upset if they lost that game because they played it well. But the way that they turn pucks over and the way they are in their defensive zone and the way that they seemingly generate offensive chances but don't score on those offensive chances, they 
can lose to anybody. Forget the fact that they could beat anybody. They can lose to any team. Look at what the Sharks did to them at the Garden. If they play the way they did and they don't score seven goals, they lose mm-hmm. that game. And that's where they're at right now. They're they're giving up as many as many goals as anybody in the league, and they're not scoring on their opportunities or giving themselves enough opportunities. So this is a big test for them. And look, like you said, does it matter if they win the division? No. It would be nice, especially with how they started, but Philly is on a tear. Carolina has righted the ship, as you said, and Philly... 43 shots last night against a good Stars team, limiting the Stars to 15 shots. They're, they seem like a, a freight train right now, and mm-hmm. the Rangers could find themselves by the end of the weekend out of the top of the Metro, and maybe that will be the wake-up call that they need to say, we have to turn some things around here. So we were talking about the Oilers, four unanswered goals, crack and take a 2 nothing lead. Oilers um, get the job done for their 12th consecutive win, now moved in the top three in the Pacific Division. And the thing that's impressive, Drysaddle had his 22nd goal, but you know you get two goals from Fogel. So this is not a team that's just kind of riding the hot hand with McDavid and um, Drysaddle Zach Hyman's been unbelievable, uh, too. It, it, it is. Like, you could have a nice, like an interesting trivia question, like who's the leading goal scorer for the Oilers? And if like if you haven't watched any games or haven't been following, you guess oh it's got to be Drysaddle, McDavid, you know. But Hyman's got twenty seven goals to lead, you know. So you get a point from uh, from McDavid last night. Uh, Drysaddle he had the big night with the the goal and three assists. But you know they they got two points from Kane last night as we mentioned Hyman with a goal and an assist. So there's a lot of guys that are contributing on that Oiler team and they are just uh, they're on fire right now. It's it's it, I I can't say it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable based on how they played earlier in mm. the year. But you know that this Oiler team has the offensive firepower. But they have these stretches. I'm not going to say that this doesn't happen. They get on a stretch where their goalie plays well and their offense is clicking and they look like they're unbeatable. And then they'll have a month where their goalie doesn't play as well. McDavid and Drysaitel are shut down, and they struggle to score goals and they struggle to win. Knobloch seems to have a good structure. I remember that when he was with the Rangers and when he was down in Hartford. He has a good defensive structure. McDavid knows him. It seems like they've gotten a system going where they're pretty comfortable. Even before this 12-game win streak, they had kind of gotten to a place where they were winning 7 of 10 more often than not. It took a while to get it going, like you said, Don, a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. But they've kind of found something here. And the Kraken have come back down to earth a little bit. But you know what? It would have taken a miraculous run to get to where they are. Not only have they gotten to where they are, because the Kings have played so bad, they are now, as you said, third in the Pacific. Only six behind Vegas with four games in hand. Yeah, pretty interesting that this team is is moving up the charts here. Leafs and the Flames' four-game winning streak with a 4-3 victory in Calgary. Hat trick for Austin Matthews. He now has 37 goals. And how about this stat, Anthony, that the the most hat tricks by an American player is Pat LaFontaine with 13. Last night was Matthews' 12th. Oh, so so he'll get there. So he's going to blow right by. And, you know, it's an interesting article on NHL.com that right now the front runners for the heart, and we even had somebody on social media ask about it, you know, between Kucherov and McKinnon, two really good selections. I mean, Tampa wins again last night. They thump Minnesota that's in free fall again. Um, but uh, that was easy money last night. Yeah, that was, and it's you know put up seven goals and, and listen, you know we kept talking talking about Tampa, all the games that they played. Well, you know teams are starting to catch up, and yet they're still a playoff team, so they're they're looking pretty good. And Colorado not good last night against Boston. Pasternak with the hat trick, uh, he's got twenty nine goals. But I don't know why Austin Matthews isn't getting more love. I mean Toronto is a good team; they're right there, you know, with with the Tampas of the world as far as like battling for playoff positions. 
position, and he's got 37 goals. So uh, I, I do think McKenna and Kucherov are worthy candidates. I'm just not sure why Austin Matthews isn't included there. Yeah, I think it's just that there are so many guys that are deserving at the moment. Um, I mean, Sam Reinhart can make a case in Florida with how he's played too. Yeah, he's got 33 goals. Now? He's unbelievable too. But and and they're third in the division. But I don't. I hate when people look at the team that has the best the best teams, then have the best player, and that's your heart candidate. This team is nowhere without Austin Matthews. I think we can all agree on that. Sure. He single handedly won them that game last night, and also the uh, the video crew up in Toronto making sure that that game tying goal that would have made it four four was called back on a on a crazy um, video replay. If you haven't seen that one done, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I, I I think he should be in consideration. He would certainly have a vote for me. Um, I think he's one of the best players in hockey, and I wouldn't say he's wasted in Toronto because it is one of the marquee franchises. But could you imagine if you had the American Austin Matthews back on an American team like his hometown Coyotes? Yeah, it's not bad though to have him in Toronto, uh, and I know not for the league, absolutely not. You know, no, but but but, but I know for Canada, but like but Toronto, Montreal. I mean, those are Canadian teams for sure, but they're also they're not nobodies. Okay, uh, they play in the Eastern Time Zone. Everybody knows, you know, the Leafs. So, of all the Canadian teams he could play for, that's the best Canadian team as far as getting exposure is concerned. But but I get you if he was playing for. You know Arizona, or you know he was born in San Francisco. If he was playing for the Sharks, you know that kind of deal because he he was born in San Francisco, grew up in Arizona. Coyotes fan, you know that'd be a great story, and maybe that will end up uh, being the, the story. But before before it's all said and done, but I do think he deserves a tremendous amount of um, consideration. T.J. Oshie with a hat trick, Ovechkin back had an assist. Is that the three hat tricks last night? Pack of win, yeah. There's a ton of yeah. Pop Hosternock, Oshie. Um, Matthews, I think those are the only three that I can think of. I think that sounds right. Uh, but uh, yeah, pretty impressive goal scoring night. I, I, I'm, I'm when I do the Rangers pre and post, I don't have to do it because a lot of times I don't have time to give all the goal scores. Well, you're a professional. But when I write down, like the, I can show you my notebook. So like last night, because the Rangers were late, I was able to get the final score for every game, and and I, I you know, I write down every goal score and the number. So, you know, maybe all kids will see it 50 years from now and think it's kind of cool that I, you know, wrote Sidney Crosby down for a goal scorer in a game or something. But, I think you know, it's cool. I, so I do remember there being uh, three hat tricks. All right. So, you ready to do our top five? Don LaGreca's Friday Top Five. Yeah! Number five. You know, that whole, you know, power ranking top five, how much of it is the season, how much of it is what you're doing right now. Um, so. Obviously, we can't ignore what happened to Edmonton earlier, but I still have them in the top five at five. They have not lost since we've had our last top five. Twelve straight wins. Just an incredible now third place in the Pacific Division. We, de- we detailed every reason why they've been so good. I've got the Oilers at five. I agree with you. You can't leave them out. I did last week, but 12-game winning streak, getting themselves into the top three in the Pacific, very, very impressive. It doesn't put them close to number one because of how they started the season, and you still have to give credit to people who got off to hot starts and have kind of stood where they are. But for now, Edmonton, number five, could be climbing. Number four. You know, you don't think about Edmonton, too. They're plus 25 goal differential, so they're right up there because they're close to the team I have at number four, and that's the Colorado Avalanche. Didn't look good last night against Boston, but McKinnon is a, is a heart candidate, uh, almost unbeatable at home at 18-5-0. and um, Really, the road is has not been what you want. I mean, it's NHL, under NHL 500, but still 11-9-3. But 7-3 and over their last 10, I've got the Avalanche at four. I love the Panthers. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Florida, 7-1-2 in their last 10, two overtime losses as uh, 
is the streak that they're on right now. But second in the Atlantic behind Boston, who have, as we know, had an unbelievable start to the season. Sam Reinhart's one of my favorite players to watch. They're pretty good split home and away. Um, no disrespect to Colorado. I don't have them in my top five this week, and people will probably make fun of me for that. Uh, but I'm going to stick with Florida. The Florida Panthers at number four. Number three. Now I got scared off by the Panthers with that three-game losing streak. But number three... Uh, let's give some bo- uh, love to the Boston Bruins. They've got a few overtime losses, so 6-1-3 and three over their last 10, but they have won three in a row. And let's acknowledge the fact that they right now have the most points in the Eastern Conference by far. I mean, they've it's got a five-point lead on the Rangers. What's that? That's not nothing. That, no, it's, it's not nothing. Plus 33 goal differential is also spectacular. Again, they've got the nine overtime losses, but they still have an impressive record overall. Pasternak has been on fire for them. DeBrusque has been nice as well. Doesn't matter who's in goal for them. They continue to play a high-quality game. And I, I thought that was a pretty interesting test last night, too. You know, you started hearing rumblings. Can this be a Stanley Cup final preview? And they took care of business at home. I've got Boston at three. Yeah, it's boring when we're in lockstep, but I agree with you. Number three, Boston, best team in the East. Um, took a little dip probably about a month or so ago, but have kind of righted the ship. 6-1-3 in their last 10, three-game win streak. Boston, number three. Number two. You know, it's so difficult because you can interchange these. Same conversation as last week, but I decided to go with Winnipeg at number two. 9-1-0 overall. I think it's, what, 11 or 12 consecutive games that they've allowed two or less goals. They get um, Kyle Connor back, which is going to make it even better for them to be able to score goals. Uh, they've been a terrific team. It was either Vancouver or Winnipeg, um, and I decided to go with Winnipeg at number two. Yep, we're on the same page here, Don. I think I had it switched last week. I'm going back to Vancouver at number one, but my number two is going to be Winnipeg. For all the reasons that you just said, they're one of the best teams in hockey. Could arguably be the best team in the West. If you if I put Winnipeg one and you put Vancouver one, I don't think anybody would be mad about it. Um, with Kyle Connor coming back, they will be even better. Winnipeg at number two, which means we both have... Yeah. Number one. Yeah. yeah, we can share this and um, let's hold hands. M- my whole thing for me, you know, we'll, we'll Thelma and Louise, it is that why wouldn't they be number one? They've got the best goal differential of plus fifty-five. They've got the most points in the NHL. Uh, they've been as consistent a team. They haven't had any lulls. So many reasons why this team I, I, breaks the tiebreaker with Winnipeg. Even though Winnipeg has been hot, I, I still think the best team overall right now are the Vancouver Canucks. Here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. Demko or Hellebuck? I think Hellebuck's a better goaltender mm-hmm. just from the pedigree standpoint. I mean, he, he was a, he's a Vesna Trophy winner. He went to a conference final. But Demko's playing terrific. Um, but I, I think... Now, who's contributing more to where they are? Probably Hullabuck, because I think yeah Vancouver's they have 99 got... goals allowed. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, that'd be um, you know the Vesna is going to be a really really interesting conversation. I think Harvey Cruz would take either in a couple of months oh, or both. Oh my God, let me get started on that. That was an awful loss the New Jersey had against Montreal the other night, uh, losing in regulation, not earning a point. Got nothing, no momentum after beating Florida. It, yeah, New Jersey's just. Lindy's getting a little annoyed. You see that? Well, I didn't get it. It was a good question. Why Holtz wasn't playing in the third period? It's it's so strange what's going on there. I mean, can you go from coach of the year to getting fired? I guess so. Take a look what's happening in the NFL. But yeah. um, it's it's really um, it's really a mess there. 
uh, in New Jersey. Let's do the uh, social media thing, man. Let's get into it. Let's do it. Uh, a lot of people want to chime in about what's going on in the National Hockey League. Got a great reaction today uh, to the tweet that I sent out earlier uh, about the fact that we were doing a podcast. So let's jump in on it. And you mentioned Harvey Cruz. He was the one that asked about McKinnon or Kucherov for the heart. I think we kind of addressed that with Matthews. Um, if you had of the three, who would you pick? Oh wow! Um, yeah. I'm going to go McKinnon. Yeah, I think so too. I think I'm kind of comfortable with that. Uh, let's see. Oh, he asked me something yesterday, Don. Maybe he asked you too. He said, "If we did a bottom five, would the Devils be in it?" Oh, he and asked like, me that too. I, I mean, look, they're no. not playing well. But I, I think we can actually put Sharks, Blackhawks, Sharks, Blackhawks, Sharks, and just make that the top five. And Ottawa. I mean, like, it, there's plenty of other teams that are worse than the New Jersey Devils in this league. And there's plenty of others that are playing badly because they're not a good team, not because of injury. Uh, Jeff Expectation-wise, maybe. But. Jeff Weinstein says, with Igor Shosturkin struggling for most parts since the 2022 Eastern Conference Final, if those struggles continue, do you look to trade him this offseason before having to sign him to a massive extension? I don't want to have to play this game. I get it. I, I'm not going to criticize the fans for being concerned. But, you know, all of a sudden, oh, everything's great. He's back. He's won two in a row. Blah blah, blah. And, then, and then he has a tough sp- spot. And then it's, oh, what's wrong with Igor? I think there's a lot wrong with this team, period, right now. Um, I think if they play better in front of him, he would look better. He's not Henrik Lundqvist, okay? Um, we've got to get over that. He's not. And now he had a nice run, and I think he's a very good goaltender. And I think in certain circumstances, he can be one of the best goaltenders. But, you know, he's not Hank, at least not yet. And I do think a lot of the Rangers' problems are more in front of him than about him. And um, I would think with teams struggling to try to find some consistency in goal, they're going to want to hold on to him. But, Anthony, it becomes a tough proposition because it's not like they got a ton of money. But if you were to let Igor Shosturkin walk, I mean, who's the guy? Well, you know, I, everybody loved Quick. And now he's lost four in a row, and Quick's thirty-eight years old. You know, um, I don't know. I, I think we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But I, I kind of uh, a little dubious when every time he loses, we got to talk about his struggles. Yeah, I think the only thing to do is to cut him. Yeah, I think you just cut him now, and then uh, and then you move on. No, um, first of all, he's got a modified no trade, so he's got a ten-team no trade list. Even if you were going to consider that, and his cap hit is five point six. He's really not paid astronomically compared to the way some other goalies are paid. And he's got two more years. And look, what did we say, Don, when Peter Laviolette got signed? And we didn't know they were going to go on this magical run to start the year and be one of the look like one of the best teams in hockey. How much time does this core have left? Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider are not getting any younger. Artemi Panarin's not getting any younger. The three guys that they hope to make big steps this year, mm-hmm. Hedl hasn't played much, Kako hasn't played much, and Alexi Lafreniere looks pretty good, but he still hasn't been able to finish probably to the level that he would like or that the fans would like. This core only has another kick at the can here, and you don't bring in Peter Laviolette for a five-year build to make the playoffs. Within the next two to three years, which is where well, this contract is, where a bunch of other contracts mm-hmm. are, you've got to win. Or get close to winning. And guess what? If they don't win, Don, maybe they do move on from Igor. But we can't have this conversation now in the middle of January with two years, with a year and a half left on his deal with really, as you pointed out, no answer outside of him. And, you know, I remember having um, Dave Maloney on over the summer because he was promoting um, a charity event and and Dan and I were were doing the K-Show. You remember. I was there. 
And, 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 I, and I asked Dave, and he agreed. I said, that I think that a window into the Rangers, how big the Rangers window is or how open it is, was suggested by the length of contract they gave Laviolette, and they gave him a three-year deal. And I think those those are the three years. This is it. This is what we're going to do. We're going to try to do it with this team for the next three years. And if it doesn't work out, you know, after the second year, then maybe you let Laviolette go and you start to dismantle it and blow it up. Um, you know, we got a tweet here from uh, – I want to try to find it because I just lost it. But just talking about, like, there's so many no-trade clauses and no-movement clauses on this team. Right. That there's this really the roster, not a lot guys. you can do. This is the roster, unless well, unless um, everybody's fed up. Well, unless you're going to bite the bullet and you're going to start to say, you know, what can we get for Keandre Miller? What can we get for Lafayette, uh, La, um, Lafreniere? What can we get for Kako? You're going to start to give up on some people. Forget about Heedle; he's not playing. You can't do anything with that. You know, so what are you going to do? Are you going to start to give up on some guys here and, and move them along? Are you going to really give up somebody that's going to hurt to kind of make things happen? Um, because again, I want to find that tweet because it was it was a really good one about um, th- yeah, it's from Danny who says you know Drury will have to have be, get creative. Jan Ruda, Duclair, Greer, um, Sharon Govich, Fratrano, uh, Matthew Joseph. I mean, yeah, that's what you're looking for little like ancillary pieces. But if you're going to go out and get somebody big, you just don't have the room for it. Yeah, no, Haywood Haywood said it to, to us last night. You, me, and EJ. And he said, well, what are they going to do? Are they going to go for a big star? And I, what big star? Where Where is this money coming from? Well, and, and the money that's all tied up, as you pointed out, is in no move, no trade clauses. So they're not. it's not going to be this big thing to shake up the top six. If they get a player that's in the top six, it's because the guys that are on, on it right now aren't performing. If Daniel mm. Sprong is playing with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider, it's not because he's a top six forward. It's because nobody is able to do it other than him when they if and when they trade for yeah. him, which is not what you're looking for. But... This is a situation, I think the Rangers, and I don't know this to be true, I think they banked on the fact that they thought the salary cap was going to go up much more significantly and much quicker than it has, and COVID didn't help with that. But they've really been hamstrung where they had to pay a lot of guys when the cap really wasn't getting up much higher, and they already had a lot of guys under contract with a lot of money on them. Yeah. And, you know, if LaViolette can't do it and Gallant couldn't do it and, and you know, Quinn I've couldn't do it. I've been saying it, Don. I've been saying it. I've been saying it. And I'm not – I like the way this team played earlier in the year. So you clearly know they have the ability to do this. But this is their third, and you couldn't even make the argument, fourth coach for this core. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you have to turn to the players. Why over the last six years do they not perform well with a, with a minute left to go in a period? Why are goals cascading uh-huh. – one after the other. I think Larry Brooks had it last night. Eight times this year, Don. Eight times. Two goals in under 30 minutes. Given up. Who does that? I don't even know who would be even close to that. In 30 seconds. 30, yeah, yeah, 30 no, seconds. Yeah, Dave talks so about excited. it whenever I'm calling a game with him. He always says, all right, so when they give up a goal, all right, what's the response going to be? You know, or when they even score a goal, are they going to give one up right away? Or are they going to are they going to add to the lead? Like those first few minutes after a goal, scored or given up? have become very, very interesting for this Rangers team. And you go back, you know, we keep looking at that conference final run. And I'm not saying that it wasn't legitimate. It was. I mean, they, the, when you look at the teams they beat, all right, oh, you want to say they beat Pittsburgh because Crosby got hurt? Fine. But they beat a Carolina team, uh, that, and that was big, winning those game sevens. You can't take it away from them. They were up 2 nothing on the Tampa Bay Lightning. 
But let's look at it. Losing Strom hasn't hurt because Trocek has been so good. But who else contributed there? Cop contributed. Vetrano contributed. You know, they made deals that year, and those guys instantaneously joined the party and contributed, and then they left via free agency because of the cap situation. You know, so they, that's what they're going to have to hope to do is make other moves like that. Nobody went crazy when they got Vetrano and Cop. But they were perfect fits. So what is Drury going to do this year? Because clearly, the way this team is now, yeah, they'll make the playoffs. They might even win the division. And they they certainly can go on a run. But right now, it just feels a lot like last year. Not great five-on-five, relying too much on the power play. You just get that one-and-done feel from them, unless Drury can do something imaginative, and those players who come over here contribute. And quite frankly, Igor has not played up to the level that he was when in his Vesna year or last year either. No, and and that's and 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 yes, some of it is not on him, but but he ha- it, he has a tendency. Again, Steve Alicat said it last night. After when the Rangers are down two or more goals, Igor Shosturkin has the worst save percentage of any goalie in the National Hockey League. So when it spirals, it spirals for this team, and maybe that's the defense as well. But that has to change as well. And we've seen him play better. We've seen games where he's played better, but it has to be on a more consistent basis. Yeah, it just has to be. So, um, so that's what's happening with the Rangers. Um, and pretty much everything else going on in the league. A lot of streaks, a lot of interesting things going on as we're pretty much everybody's beyond now the halfway point. Uh, these are kind of the dog days now when you get deep into January. Um, you know, you're, you're past the holidays now. You're past the Winter Classic. We've got the Stadium Series coming up in uh, in February involving in the Rangers, Flyers, Islanders, Excitement and Devils. Um, but, you know, right now it's kind of, you know, there's some teams obviously playing for some things, clearly, that are on the outside looking in for the playoffs. So this is a very interesting second half for the Devils just to try to get in. Can Calgary find a way to sneak in? Um, Seattle, can they right their ship here after a three-game losing streak? But for the most part, for teams like the Rangers, you know, Islanders are in that situation too, trying to sneak in. But for the teams who know their playoff teams, this is this interesting because this is where you try to kind of right the ship. And, and and use these games as a way to forward things for the postseason. So still very early, but you see how quickly things go. You know, we're, we're, Rangers are going to play their 45th game. A lot of teams are already in the mid-40s. Before you know it, you're going to be in the mid-60s, and you're coming down to the last few games before you can kind of get things going. And the trading deadline's right around the corner. So we're only um, a little over a month away from that. So not that many games to just to start to decide exactly where you sit. So we'll see how it can work out. Should be fun. I'm excited. I am too. So enjoy your weekend. Hopefully Same those that did, did, did dealt with the snow or been able to get through it. So enjoy all the games this weekend. I'll be doing the pre and post for the Kings and Duck games for the Rangers. So I'm looking forward to that. So we'll reconvene on Monday. Things will be back to normal. It's like the first Monday that we don't have a holiday. Christmas was on a Monday. New Year's was on a Monday. We had Martin Luther King last Monday. It was cool to have those afternoon games, though, but um, back to normal with EJ on Monday. Should be fun. I'm ready. Hopefully we're talking about a Rangers team that is kind of turned the corner. If not, it's going to be a whole lot more questions for EJ about what's going on there. And if you want more talk about your team, well, at Don LaGreca, at uh, Anthony Pusick, hashtag game misconduct, and we'll get into everything else that's going on in the National Hockey Or League. call up the K-Show and ask, why aren't you talking about X? Yeah. That is a good way to get everybody really excited about talking about your topic. Ah, I just I, I you know, I can't believe you guys didn't talk about the fact that uh that um Darlene actually took a penalty last night in the penalty box. Did you see that? 
I did not see that. So see, well, that's why it, I didn't it know. Technically, it. Well, it was it was in the penalty box. He was coming out of the box, and the puck was heading towards. So he opened the door. He was half in, half out, and he played the puck, which you can do, which is illegal. So he went right back into the box again. But it was just a funny kind of play. I thought it was just your anti-Buffalo sentiment. I'll tell you what: if you call up the K show and you're on hold, and want to talk about the Buffalo Sabers? I got news for you. You'll probably stay on hold. You're gonna be on hold for a long time. That's a good point. Now, if you're calling from Buffalo and you can't get the station, I guess it's a cheap way to be able to kind of sneak in, sneak in and um, and listen to the show, but uh, not sure you're going to be able to get on. That's what game misconduct is for. So we'll be back with you again on Monday. This was the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.